Welcome to the City of Refuge podcast, where our mission is to equip a diverse community of Christ followers to make him known. Good morning, church family. Oh, how he loves us so. Amen. Well, it is a great privilege to join the many women throughout all the ages who have proclaimed the gospel of Jesus through word this morning and to join my brothers on the preaching team in proclaiming the good news of Jesus. I even brought my fancy pants and heels this morning. I want to dress up a little bit. I know for some of y'all it may feel like a little bit out of sorts this morning if you're joining us. Like, why is she on this portion of the service? (laughs) Um, But I'm excited this morning to be the first uh, woman to preach at City of Refuge. Let's, let's let's hope I don't ruin it for everybody else, yeah? (laughs) Let's pray. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the love that you have had for us even before the foundations of the earth. We thank you for the ways that you have chased after us from generation to generation. Lord, I pray that everything that I say this morning would be to bring you honor and glory and be edifying to the body. May your Holy Spirit lead and guide. All this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So this is, we've been going through a whole series called Abide in Jesus, covering different chapters in John. And this chapter in John is pretty interesting. Jesus spends this time, this moment in history, to pray. Now remember, at this moment, this is before Judas betrays him. This is before Peter denies him. This is happening before Jesus goes through a botched trial before his horrific death sentence. Jesus takes the time to pray. Now we know the story doesn't end with his death, but these are some awful things Jesus was going to experience. And he knew it was going to happen, yet he chooses to pray. In fact, this is the longest prayer recorded that Jesus prays. And what does he pray for, church? He prays for us, his disciples present in that moment and his disciples today. Let's read the text. John 17, 6 through 26, I believe. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. They have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, 
for I've given them the words that you gave me and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the word world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of it, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know you, that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Now, he sets up this prayer of intercession on our behalf, reminding God who exactly he is praying for, the ones that believed Jesus to be the Messiah and the ones who know who sent Jesus, the ones who have received the truth. Jesus says, the ones that you gave me, not for the world, but the ones set apart. These are the ones that I am praying for. And you know, and I uh, was reading this passage and I was talking it over with the preaching team on Tuesday night. I was like, oh man, this verse, it reminds me a little bit of the Beatles, right? I am he as you are he as you are me and we are all together. Anybody know that song? Thank you. I knew at least one person in here was going to know it because my mama was coming today. But you know, what the Beatles meant to confuse, Jesus says it to clarify. All mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. He intercedes for us 
because the way we show up glorifies him. Now, I'm already going to give you the points of my sermon because maybe you're only giving me five minutes of your time today. But Jesus is praying that we would love one another with the same love God the Father had for Jesus. Now let's, let's break the prayer down just a little bit here, okay? There are four things that I want to highlight that Jesus prays over the 12 that walked closely with him. Yes, even the one that was going to betray him. And yes, even the one that was going to deny him. And he prays over those, those things over us as well. He prays that we would be one just as he and the Father are one that they would have the joy of Jesus fulfilled in them and they would be kept from the evil one and they would be sanctified in truth. See, Jesus knew what his church was going to face. They knew, he knew that they were going to face racial tensions, you know, when the Grecian Christian widows were being treated differently than the Hebraic widows. Remember that story? They weren't being fed well. They weren't being cared for well. Those racial tensions he knew his church was going to face. And they were going to face false doctrine, people saying Jesus wasn't really the Messiah. He knew they were going to face these issues. But he prays these things for us so that the Lord will keep us and that we will one day see his glory face to face. Over the past year, we've seen many people in our church community pass away. And we can look to them as great examples of saints who were filled with the joy of the Lord. Saints who were filled for love for their families and for their neighbors. The Lord kept our brothers and sisters. But I'd like to ask you this morning, what is it to be, what does it mean to be one just as he and the Father are one? It's a bit of a weird idea, yes? The liturgist Cole Arthur Riley prays, we praise you for being a God who contains a diversity of personhood and one. In your very being, you possess a sacred community where each part is distinct and beautiful and necessary. This is the way she describes Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father as one. God is a community of persons who have loved each other for all eternity. And there are patterns of mutual glorification throughout the scripture, just like in 1 John, where it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with him. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. This mutual glorification we see in the beginning of John and in the, and in the creation story. Jesus invites us to glorify each other, in the same way that we submit to one another, in the way that we love one another. 
Jesus says, I have made known to them your name and will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Jesus, again, is praying that we would love one another with the same love God the Father had for Jesus. Tim Keller refers to this mutual glorification as the divine dance. Now, I don't, I don't know how to dance, but the Trinity does, a dance that not only praises and enjoys one another, but a dance that defers to and serves one another, the exact opposite of self-centeredness. Jesus is praying that we would have this type of deep love for one another because he knows what we will face. He knew that the church was gonna face what we're facing today. The American church, just like the early church, would also struggle with issues of racial injustice and political division. What happens when we don't love one another well and when we are divided? I'll share a story with you. A friend of mine, we used to go to church together at uh, my church before City of Refuge called Park Temple Baptist Church. Um, she, um, she was actually the first woman I ever heard preach. And, uh, but we loved one another nonetheless. She and I would always have really fantastic conversations uh, because they were coming from such different perspectives. And we always loved one another, even through the disagreements. But one time, after, <laughs> after years of not seeing each other, we got into this super heated conversation on Facebook. I know, right? You already know how this is going to end. It wasn't good, church. We got into this heated conversation about immigration, of all things. We got one after another jab hits hitting each other with different positions, different perspectives on it, and then even worse, when we started bringing scripture into it, like how do you even love Jesus if you don't do this, and just bam, bam, one after the other. It was terrible. I had forgotten about the love that I had for my sister, Billy, and I was more focused about being right. I had forgotten about what the amazing mother and wife she was, is, is, Worst of all, I'd forgotten the image that she bears. And I just wanted to be right. After some time, we reached out to one another and apologized to one, or, one another and forgave each other. That was a hard conversation, but it was necessary. We apologized for being unloving towards one another. And the whole thing was just, Super tragic. And the tragedy was compounded on the fact that we were misrepresenting Jesus and the whole world could see it. We were not loving one another well and we were divided. But I thank God for his grace that is amazing. The grace that he had on me in the moment and the grace that Billy had for me. I'm sure she still treats me with a, you know, like that long-handed spoon a little bit, but we love one another 
nonetheless. Let me share a different story. By contrast, I want to share a story that exemplifies loving one another well, even through political differences. It was right after the 2016 election, and I was devastated. After being a lifelong Republican, I was devastated that a Republican won the election. I felt like the nation had just said, I don't belong here, that the church had put their stamp of approval on the things that the president said about my community. You might even be listening to this now and say, well, why would you think such a thing? That's terrible. But I was feeling all those things when I went into a meeting with Keith Bauer. He used to be an elder here. And he could tell I was feeling this devastation. In that moment, Keith showed compassion for me. And he made space for me. He didn't try to say I was wrong for feeling that way. He didn't try to justify election results. He showed me extreme hospitality and allowed me to share my burdens with him in that moment. I have no idea how Keith felt about that election. I have no idea what kind of voter Keith is. But in that moment, Keith loved me well. He showed me the same love God the Father had for Jesus. How is Jesus calling City of Refuge to love one another well in this season? Maybe you disagree that someone like me would be preaching on a Sunday morning. And I will tell you, 10 years ago, the Nikki of 10 years ago would also disagree with you or disagree with having me preach. And then she got tattoos too, Lord help this church. <laughs> but how is Jesus calling City of Refuge to love one another in this potentially divisive stance of having women preach? Maybe it's asking the church to make space for one another. Maybe it's asking each other their cultural come from, their church backgrounds. I don't know. How is Jesus calling City of Refuge to love one another well? Now I'm going to wrap it up here. How do we show up more like Keith? in these moments, or better yet, how do we love one another with the same love God the Father had for Jesus? Oh, how he loved us, loves us. And that's, that could be like a supernatural ask, right? To love one another like this? Well, the past nine weeks, my brothers have been preaching on the answer. We must practice selfless humility. We cannot hear one another's stories if our ego constantly begs us to be right or have all the answers, like I did in that first story. We must allow for the sanctification process to be an ongoing process 
as we steep ourselves in the goodness that is our creator, abiding in the source of all things, that true vine, trust in the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. After all, he is the good helper. And last but not least, we can supernaturally love one another the way the Father has loved the Son because the same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead and gave him victory over death lives in us, church. May we love one another the way God the Father loved Jesus. Maybe you're sitting here today, or you're listening online, you're like, well, God, Jesus didn't really pray for me. I'm not part of his disciples. But I want to encourage you that even before the foundation of the world, Jesus has loved you, and he is a high priest who continuously intercedes on our behalf and loves you and wants to call him, you his own. Let's pray. Father, help us to be a unified people under the banner of the name of Jesus in the way that we love one another, a people that represents you well in every sphere of influence you so graciously give us. Father, uproot anything in us that is not of you and may it be filled with your joy and unfailing truth. All this we pray in the mighty, powerful, matchless name of Jesus. Amen.